Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Baggies Broadcast Season 3, Episode 27. My name is Luke Hatfield and I'm delighted to welcome, as always, our West Brom correspondent at the Express and Star, Mr Joe Massey. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, mate, I am, well mate, I cannot put into words how well I am actually, um, because as regular listeners of this podcast will know, that from the day we went into lockdown, I have not had any internet connection, it has been an absolute bloody nightmare, um, and yesterday I finally, the massive finally was back on the World Wide Web. You're back um, on the internet? We are back on the internet. You cannot imagine the scenes in my house yesterday. Um, it was absolutely mental. While the engineer was here doing the work, my wife was literally dancing around the kitchen. I mean, we didn't even have any music on. She was just dancing like an absolute mad woman. Um, when, we, when we finally really confirmed we were connected, we put on um, a show, one of my little girl's favourite shows that she hasn't been able to watch. Um, because we, we haven't been able to access it, obviously, for our TV. She was acting like it was Christmas Day. She was absolutely <laughs> overjoyed. Um, and then, yeah, last night, me and my missus, we had catch-up TV on. We could watch whatever we wanted to watch. I mean, it has been absolutely mental. I mean, I saw last week there was, like, Sky Broadband went down and Virgin Media went down for, like, about two hours. And I was looking at the replies on Twitter and people were losing their head. Um, and... I was thinking, my God, come back to me when you're 50 days in. And finally, finally, we are back online. Um, it's a really good job we are, which will be um, the reason why it'll be unveiled very shortly. As, I mean, tell me about it. Uh... I'm, I must admit, I'm a little bit upset that now you'll be back on Twitter tweeting people claiming I'm an Albion fan all over again. It was a nice break. It's a big claim. Um, what was the um, what was the first internet connected thing you did when you came back? In fact, you know what? Don't tell me, Joe. I don't think anyone needs to know your internet browsing history. <laughs> Shall we, um, shall we get to it? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I've, I've basically run out of ideas for podcasts now. Um, and I've just kind of sacked it off. I've kind of given that idea to you. And you came up with a really good guest last week. Uh, Matt Wilson, of course, former Expressing Star journalist, coming in and um, you know having, having a chat with us. Uh, but who have you, who have you managed to, to drag in this week? Because surely you can't do much better than Matt, can you? Well, so if anyone, if 
when, when lockdown's lifted, if anyone's thinking, oh, I feel like I'm going to listen to the Baggies broadcast, they're going to scroll through some episodes and see that, uh, you know, look back. When they see that this one is next to the Matt Wilson one, I don't think anyone is going to listen to the Matt Wilson one ever again, because I'm absolutely delighted to say we are joined by the absolute baller that is James Morrison. Oh, Hello, okay. James Morrison. James, okay. a, delight, a delight to have you on. I mean, 341 appearances for Alban, 39 goals, 37 assists. 29 bookings and one red card. Do you remember the red card at all? Uh, yeah, Fernando Torres away at Anfield. Never red, never red. Yeah, I mean, never a red, but I'll tell you one that definitely was a red. Your only other red card in your in your, in your your league career. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty special, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think I was more famous for that one. Um, you know, with Ronaldo. Um, young and naive, I, I would say. I mean, for those who haven't seen it, it's absolutely brilliant. Um <laughs> A, a, a young Jimmy Morrison. Um, I mean, he was he, Ronaldo was pretty much mugging mugging Middlesbrough off at this point, wasn't he? And yeah, you yeah, absolutely yeah. laid one on him. He deserved it, to be fair. No, uh, the thing was, he tried to do it to me uh, previously um, in the corner, doing, and I tackled him, and he managed to like it managed to like trickle out for a, a corner, which got me riled. But going back before the game, I was. I wasn't playing, so I was in a mood really, and I was obviously young and angry at the time. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I was just in the stage of just uh, not taking any shit really, and just thinking, <laughs> <laughs> right, you're gonna have it. Um, which obviously, when I get older, is a bit uh, realising is a bit silly. And um, but yeah, again, I got I got a lot of uh, attention for that tackle. <laughs> Do you know what makes me laugh about it? When when the ref pulls the red card out, uh, you, you look at it and you're shocked. You're shocked for a split second. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was just shocked at me first ever uh, red card. Uh, and then obviously Rooney was coming in, Giggs was coming in. So players that I would uh, always in high regard and they were coming in trying to, to fight me really. And I thought <laughs> Rooney was going to come down the tunnel with me as well. So I was like ready to phone my dad and my brother really. <laughs> But no, mate, absolutely brilliant to have you on. Obviously, an Albion, Albion hero. Uh, Joe, do you want to explain how, how this has all kind of come about? Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, really. I mean, uh, I think me and uh, James have had the privilege of... Uh, I think it's called a privilege. We've had a bloke come into our lives recently called Alistair Jones. Um, I think he, James will probably testify, when he comes into your life, he's very hard to get rid of. He's absolutely uh, prolific on the old WhatsApps and... Uh, phone calls and stuff but it was it was his son's birthday actually um a couple of weeks ago and james was amongst the host of players who very very kindly um sent his son a birthday message obviously birthdays in lockdown are a bit boring but i mean this was up this, i mean that's about as good as gift as you can get really some of your footballing heroes send you a message on your birthday so um yeah james is um James with that and then yeah like we've been in touch with Alice they won't let us go won't let either of us go he um, absolutely bombards us non-stop and um, best friends though aren't we also, yeah best friends yeah I mean he's, um, he's tried to flop me a kitchen a few times I've seen how dodgy they are <laughs> I bet they are <laughs> uh, yeah, and then, it's all good it's all good he's a good bloke he's, he's actually named after his name's Alistair but he's named after Ali Robertson uh, yeah could be uh, worth it shows you what big bag. I mean, he's just baggy's mad. He's absolutely baggy's mad. And um, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, I said that I had this idea. I wanted to do this Albion World Cup squad. Um, genuinely, didn't think I'd get any um, 
generally didn't think I'd get any responses. I didn't know if it would take off at all. And then the middleman, Alistair Jones, messaged me basically one day saying, you're not going to believe this, but James Morrison is having a go at your World Cup squad. Um, <laughs> to, to which I was like, this has gone absolutely ridiculous. Like, I mean, I was getting emails left, right and centre, Twitter notifications, and then you find out someone like James Morrison's doing it. So when ten times bigger than ever I was expecting, um, we thought it would be a good idea to get him on and uh, discuss some of his selections. Yeah, uh, yeah it's... it's uh... It's been quite difficult, this, but I've enjoyed it. I've got my little notepad here and my little pen. I've wrote stuff down. I've wrote the players who have missed out, which we've got a question mark. I've had a right go at it. So if we start then, so I mean, hopefully people have seen it, but like in terms of who did make the cut, I thought we yeah, might do it. Wasn't it? This, is not, this, got, this is going to be a final version. Like, we were going to you got a few drafts, have yeah? I've got a few question marks, but we can have a little chat and... And we can uh, get the final draft in. Okay, so the keepers that did make it, so we, we had 82 votes, I should say this, we had 82 votes in total. I asked for 50. Um, and I was going to, but then they just kept coming in, kept coming in, kept coming in. I did put out a tweet to say we're going to have to, like, stop it, but um, people kept sending them in. I wanted to include everyone who submitted the squad, so I thought, we, I know 82 is a random number, but yeah. we've gone for 82. Are we going um, off, um, like, just ability or... Albion, like we're going after the 23 players you want in your squad, mate. You're right. going into okay. the I'm guessing you've put yourself in, yeah? No, no, no. no. You've got to put yourself in. No, He's got to be manager, isn't he? I can't do that. I'll be gaffer, yeah. I'll be gaffer. You're gaffer, all right, yeah, all okay. Right. Um, so we've got, yeah, it's just your squad then, mate. Whoever you want it, you want in the trenches with you, basically. So in the actual zone, the three keepers that made it was um, Ben Foster, who, who was the only player who got 82 votes. Every single person who took part um, had him in their team, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, it's, it's probably deserved it. You don't realise... I didn't realise how good he was until he left. You know what I mean? Mm. Really? It just, just took him for, like, granted, really. But when he left and you just seen what he did day to day, he was just, like, phenomenal. Like, he could have easily played higher, but um, for some reason, it obviously, at United, just didn't kick off at the right time. And then... When he came to us, he was unbelievable. He, and, and you see at Watford now, he's still making saves uh, at the tender age of 38, you know. Yeah, he's class, isn't he? Yeah, so he's... I think he'd rather be uh, a cyclist than a footballer, I think. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ever see his Instagram, or he's always on his bike and he loves it. So, um, he got, so the three keepers that made it in were obviously Ben Foster because um, he got everyone voted for him. Yeah. And then we had Russell Holt and then we had Thomas Cusack um, getting getting in as third choice. But who were your keepers? So I uh, I went for number two was Dean Kiley. So, oh. mm. so Dino was obviously coming to his latter of his career. Uh, but again, he was similar up to the of Ben Zilkin in saves he makes and stuff like that with the, and his technique um, so I went for him though because I thought oh, imagine what he would have been like when he was a, a lot younger um, he used to make saves and saves all the time um, he even used to do before a game he used to put his jumper over his head dive and save it so uh, he, was really? a, yeah, he was a real character and he was a, a top top goalkeeper really Um so he was my number two choice. So you got one change already. No, I thought that was already in, wasn't it? Mine. Who's you say mine now? No, Dean Kiley. 
Oh, sorry, I know he's not in, mate. Foster, Holt and Kusak are the three that got the public vote. Oh, the public vote. We've got enough public yeah. vote. All right. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to tell you what the public did, then we'll see how many right. changes you make. All right, okay. So my third choice, this was quite difficult. So I had My Hill and Scott Carson, but I've gone with Boaz because... Um, ah, right. Just for morale boost and around the... Uh, um, around my squad he's a really uh, upbeat funny guy um, but also when you're called upon um, when he always stepped in for Fossey he was always ready and performed which is always not easy because you know if you're not playing every week you know you do lose sharpness and whatever he was a called upon he was uh, he was a very good goalkeeper as well which leads to Carson which is another he was a good friend of mine um, he was yeah I think he just had that England thing around him which uh, halted him mm. he, he was a very good goalkeeper Was there any so, goalkeepers you really hated facing when you were playing? Um, it was always the top ones really I always I always felt like I was like a, a Neely guy I'd always felt like someone would make a world class save for me like where 9 out of 10 keepers wouldn't save it you know it would <laughs> always be the top ones and They'd drop um, a clanger against Rondon, but when you when you were planting one yeah, top yeah. corner, they'd pull off a world. Yeah, yeah, just some of that, like a Neely guy. That that's that that sums me up. Um, but yeah, they they're my three my three choice goalkeepers, um, which I think would uh, be pretty steady with obviously Foster, Dino, and and Boaz. Mm. How many defenders did you have? Eight. So I've gone for one, two, three, four, five. I went for six, you know. Did you? Yeah. Playing a dangerous game there. Getting yeah. little suspensions in trouble. No, 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 no. I've got players. So I've, I've got Brunty in there who could fill her up uh, left back. Um, and I've got three centre-halves, really, which, and I've got one that could play centre-half or right-back, so... So, if I read the eight that made it in, and then you read the... You read your six, so... The ones who got in the public vote were Gareth McCauley, absolutely whopping 79 votes. Yeah, he's in there. Johnny Evans, he was like... I think he was 78 votes, one vote behind, absolutely yeah, yeah. Jonas Olsen. Yeah. Um, Neil Clement. No, he didn't, he didn't make it. Brutal. Um, Kieran Gibbs. Gibbs was another question mark, yeah. Um, Stephen Reid. Yeah, Reid, he's made my team. He was my old uh, roommate, so I had to put him in. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Dawson and Paul Robinson made the uh, made the public vote. Okay, so Dawson didn't make mine. So mine was Jonas Olsen. Uh, Jonas was a, a special character, man. Uh, <laughs> Especially on his early days, he was probably the best passer at centre half I've probably played with. Um, yeah. yeah, and then it got to a stage where he was playing injured for about three years, so um, people didn't really see the the real Jonas because up until that, you know, Spurs tried to sign him, mm. um, uh, and he would be my entertainment value because he was an absolute raven lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nice, if you ever met Jonas, he was the nicest guy off the pitch you'll ever meet. But on the pitch, he would just turn into this absolute raven lunatic. And I don't know where it came from. Um, you know, he'd be like 
spitting, he'd be fighting, he'd be, you know, there's obviously the famous story in the in the store, and John Elway was kicking uh, the glass of the pictures on the walls, people <laughs> running after him, you know, the police came to the uh, training grounds after that incident, um, yeah, he, he was just a, an absolute raving lunatic, and I always used to wind him up, you know, if I, if I kicked him in training, he'd start chasing me around the, the training field, um, yeah, so he'd be he'd be in there. Gaz, obviously, uh, another good friend of mine, as solid as a rock. You know, he came to us at you know later in his career as well. And mm-hmm. another one who just flourished and, and played, uh, you know, played uh, you know solid maybe every season. So, um, and then I put Johnny Evans. He was like a Rolls Royce, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a lot of time for Johnny. He was like the, the typical ball player centre half. Um, you know, it was, typical, it was probably a bit. You know, he was playing in a, a wrong team really under uh, Tony. You know, it didn't really suit him. But you know, he got on with his business. Even playing left back sometimes. So there's another one who could play in different positions. Yeah, you got yourself out of a hole there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I've gone for Holgate. He made a. Oh yeah. He's gone for. Um, he made a big impact on me. Um, he was uh, obviously another one who could play both positions. He got the nod over Dawson, really, because um, Dawson never used to uh, come out on Christmas dues or parties. That was a real boring fart. Um, and he used to, and now my, this team's going to be all about uh, togetherness and uh, team spirit, so he can get out. Um, then I've gone for Stephen Reid for right back. Um, yeah, my roommate and a real, like, uh, a real leader in the pack, um, and that's what I want in my in my team. And obviously, he uh, had quality with that too. too, uh, too. And then this was a tough one. Obviously, I went for Paul Robinson, another one, an absolute uh, lunatic. You know, he would tackle his grandma really. Uh, you know, we, we, obviously, it was the uh, twelve years of us winning the the league, wasn't it? Uh, this week. Yeah. Yeah. So we did a few stuff and uh, just brought back a couple of memories. And now uh, Ishmael Miller says, "Do you remember when he had the his ankle was like triple the size of it should be, and then like mm-hmm. he just like strapped it up and just went right, come on, let's let's go and play." Um, and that just epitomised him really. He was just like full on, hundred and ten percent. Like if it was a a seventy thirty ball, you know, opposite favour, he would just crash right straight through it um, and again and also he had that uh, quality because you know there was a start I think he had 15 assists when we got um, when we got promoted so mm. for a left back 15 uh, uh, and you think of him just being a absolute rough and tough uh, left back but also he had that quality uh, bombing up and down so there's there's me defenders and obviously Gibbs could have got in um, but uh, Gibson Dawson could have got in, but uh, I decided against it. Um, so who who's the ones that um, I didn't put in? Who've been put in? Uh, Neil Clement, Kieran Gibbs, Craig Dawson. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right, isn't it? So I've got my list there. So obviously I've gone for six defenders. Yeah, does that mean you've got? Does that mean you've packed the midfield? Yeah, forward thinking. Yeah, attacking, get out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so midfielders. So the 
midfielders who made the public vote were Chris Brunt. Do you have Brunt any defenders or midfielders? Uh, midfielders, but obviously you can switch, yeah, yeah. switch both. So we've got Brunty, Zoltan Guerra, Jason Kumath, uh, Malumbo, James Morrison, Mateus Pereira, and those, you six were like, you got 64 votes if you're interested. Yeah, right. uh, you six were all like miles ahead. You like walked in. And then I got, I did like eight, eight and four. So like eight defenders, eight midfielders, four strikers. But then Jonathan Green in and Claudio Jakob just scraped in. Um, oh, right. just yeah. yeah. Yeah, Greenin's made mine. Greenin was a he was a very good player technically. He was like um he was unbelievable. Um he used to score for fun in the in training but never could score in matches. <laughs> <laughs> so we always used to call him uh, Jigsaw so he'd fall to pieces in the box. <laughs> so uh, but he was yeah, he was someone that obviously I used to clean his boots. Uh, when, when we were there, yeah, he used to have these big, thick, uh, cloggy uh, Reeboks, which were awful to clean. And in the end, I just stopped cleaning them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he was a real good player, uh, and he was good for me away from football. You know, when I came down, he he looked after me. Um, if you remember Jimmy Spices, um, do you remember that? Oh, All you can eat. Yeah, Jimmy Spices is great. Yeah, we used to go there. A lot of the time, um, so he was he was a real good good character as well. And then so we went for Darren Fletcher uh, next. Mm. I went for Darren Fletcher. Uh, he could possibly be my captain. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big big tough decision, really. But I think he could he could uh, he could be my captain. And he was uh, a real like talkative and led by example. And everything you you said, he, you'd uh, acknowledge it and and uh, and stand behind him. Mm. Uh, and obviously, again, you, you don't win uh, a lot of um, Premier League titles for for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, get out. <laughs> <laughs> get out. Gareth, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I just can't imagine him what he was like, you know, when he was at Man City and and you know at his prime in, at the Villa days. You mm. know, when he came to um, uh, Baggies, you know, he was still performing. Um, he wasn't the quickest, but he was always in the right place at the time. His touch and his left foot, and his passing was second to none, and um, and he was also good for a, a social gathering. <laughs> <laughs> So that team spirit again, um, and obviously someone with experience um, in there, which has always helped. Mm. Um, next one, I've gone for Graham Dorans, a Scottish companion. Yeah. Um, Hank, uh, as his nickname would have called him. Do you want to know the reason why? Oh yeah, go on. You can't you can't dangle that carrot. <laughs> um, Hank, you know from the film 
of Jim Carrey, I can't remember his name, you know, when he turns into Hank. Me, myself, and Irene, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one when he's there. <laughs> we always had a drink and that you turn into that, this mad, mad, uh, mad <laughs> Scottishman. So, um, but again, what a fantastic player he was. Um, that season when he, he, he banged in all them goals and he, you know, he uh, danced around the championship and, you know, he, uh, you know, fully deserved his, all the accolades that he got that season. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's just a shame that he didn't kick on after that, really. Um, I think, obviously, injuries takes its toll and um, situations, managers, it all stands in your way. But just ability-wise, he was right up there. Mm. So he got the nod. Gira, yeah, transfer, but he could, uh, he could do everything, really. Um, another one who just works uh, 110%. With a bit of quality, could nick a goal from midfield, can play a couple of positions if needed to be. And then I've gone for Brunty again. Um, someone I played, I started with Brunty in the Middlesbrough youth team, so mm. we've had a connection for all these years. Um, and on the pitch, I, I, you saw us knew where he was going to pass it, I, you knew where I was going to run, and we had a, a great understanding. And um, yeah, Brunty was one where you could stand in your team, look to your left, and he was he. And he was stood next to you. You knew what you were going to get, and you knew that you'd you'd follow him. So, mm. um, but also like his left foot was was uh, probably one of the best in the business, really. Yeah, it's another level, yeah. isn't it? With Brunty standing over a free kick, you know you're in trouble as a goalkeeper, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah, um, and again, he could play left back if if needed. To. <laughs> um, the next one might be a surprise. Um, Alistair was. Shot in Harvey Barnes as well, which I've, I've missed out. Which mm. I could have really put him in, uh, but I've gone for Jerome Thomas. No, really? Which, yeah, might okay. be a shot. Um, it might. It, this might be uh, down to a bit of sentimental as well. We're both uh, very close friends, and but he's uh, a player that on his day could tear everyone a new. Uh, I'm allowed to swear on this one. You can swear yeah, if you want. Yeah, and you are, and you are <laughs> really. Um, you know, he, he was a right foot who played on the left, could go both ways, inside, outside. Um, yeah, he, he could really uh, give good defenders uh, a hard time. And, um, so I went for him just fairly, because at his top of his game, he was good as anyone, really. Mm. Uh, and then I've gone for Livermore again. Uh, Jake, another good one for a social. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, he would. Uh, yeah, he's uh, a real. Just have to let Jake go, really. Like, don't don't put the reins on him. Just let him run about, tackle. Mm. Um, and we're seeing that the best of him this season. Really. Um, he's a big character, and he's like, and even being a captain this year has just um, took him to a, a new level, really. So. Mm. He got me nod and someone I'm close to. This one next one. a good bloke, isn't they, Jake? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russian bloke. Yeah. So he got the name, and then Chadley got uh, knocked in there. Oh, wow, Chadley. your team is absolutely miles away from the worst one. It's mental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've gone for Chadley, but he had he had a question mark over. Um, I could have had Sessegnon in there. Hmm. Could have had Corrin, Malumbu, Jakob, 
of Phillips. So this was tough. I mean, Malumbu could have got in there and Yak, but we're going off ability-wise, and I don't mm. think they, was, they were too as good as Barry. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have Barry over them both. Over, yeah. over ability, over his career, anyway. Yeah, so that's why I was asking, like, a career of who I played over Barry's, but ability-wise, <laughs> um, they're not as good as what I've seen. Um, I mean, Yak was just an absolute hatchet man, really, wasn't he? Like, <laughs> it, it, it used to annoy me sometimes playing with him because he never used to move or, or get the ball, really. Mm. So... <laughs> he, used just, he just used to just sit in front of the back four obviously I know he did a, a good job but I, I just wanted a bit more you know like getting the ball or um, trying to pass it and um, you know run up the pitch but no he just stuck right in there and didn't move but he, he, he did a great job for the backies I can just picture then, him just sat in front of the front two you're, you're, you're getting man marked two guys chasing you down and you're just asking for an option yeah yeah that, that's that was the case, really. Um, yeah, Malumbu, he was, for a couple of seasons, he was right up there as well. So mm. I feel a bit, obviously, this is a very tough um, thing. And then, obviously, I've got Matty Phillips in there with him and Chadley and, obviously, Harvey Barnes. They were, the, they were the ones. But I went for Chadley. I'm still debating now, really. Yeah, <laughs> just on raw ability and what he could do mm. um, so yeah I, I can't explain myself really but I've just made a decision I've got to do it bang on the pitch yeah. he'd kind of flick a switch wouldn't he Chadley and he'd, just, he'd suddenly turn it on and you, all of yeah. a sudden he, yeah. he's running the game isn't he yeah so again I think he didn't really buy into the Pulis ball which which was a shame really because we had a good player there mm. Um. um Philip Lukaku, Odden Wingy and Bob Taylor made the, made the public one. So who have you got? 
I forgot about Long as well. <laughs> forgot about Longy. And I've even, obviously, so it, I've gone for, so these are, it, I go for the, the, the strikes I was thinking about. I had Lukaku, Odin Wingy, Rondon, Kev Phillips. I've gone for Rodriguez as well. Hmm. Um, I had Barino, Gale as well. Hmm. And, and obviously Long's been put into that. So originally I had Lukaku done. Obviously, um, speaks for himself what he, what yeah. he's gone on to. Um, but he, when he was at, when I played with him, he was uh, he was still raw as anything, you know. Um, and obviously he used to get a bit of stick for you know his touch and all that, doesn't he? Like, mm. yeah, and that's what he was like. Ball go up to it, bounce off sometimes, or and then you'd give him a chance and bang, goal. Yeah. And then even in training, he used to work on it all the time. He just like he used to find the corners all the time, bang, bang. And he had that big personality, you know. I remember him coming in. He's like, be telling the senior players what to do and stuff like that. And we we're like, hang on, mate, you're only eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone took to him, and um, you know, when he, he he had to wait, be patient, get in the team ready because uh, when he first came, because Longy was was doing uh, doing so well. Mm. And we obviously we had uh, Odin Wingy, who was a terrific player. Really, I think it the off the field stuff. What happened with him sort of takes away what a, an unreal player he was. Mm. Um, he could uh, another one who could play two positions. He uh, obviously could play right, could play left, could play in the hole. But um, you know, he, and he got obviously fifteen goals both seasons, which is you know, a good fit, really. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> um, then we had. Uh, I went. I put big Rondon in for two big strikers, really, in my squad. Okay. Um, scored goals, he, Rondon. To be fair to him, he scored a fair few. Yeah, he did. Yeah, in a in a, a defensive team, really. He, he was he used to just uh, you know defend and then he'd be up front on his own, really. really? But like, <laughs> that. Um, but yeah, he has another one who worked highly hard. I'm, I'm, Thinking about long now, them two could could go either way, mm. really. Um, and then I obviously got Super Kevin. Could have gone for Gail as well over uh, Jay Rodriguez. Mm. But I've gone for, obviously, I went with uh, Kev Phillips over Gail. Yeah. Um, I, just, I didn't really play a lot with uh, Dwight, but I've all round player Kev was better. Mm. I still get the feeling he could play now. Kevin Phillips. Yeah. I mean, like we did that Zoom call. And we just said uh, he did like twenty, banged in twenty five goals. I was like, oh, you had thirty four then. <laughs> uh, so, and another one who would be good on a social uh, gathering, yeah. team spirit. Um, Is this squad going to make headlines for the right reasons or the wrong reasons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do it in secret. Um, so, so Lukaku's. Defoe, Odin Wingy's Defoe, Kev Phillips Defoe. Um, so I've got, I've got to choose over Barino, Rodriguez, and Rondon. I'm going to put J Rod in. Yeah. Yeah. He's someone who impressed me with his work rate, his goals, and everything. And he's just, he's all around uh, uh, being of a person, working hard, and he's. And his ability. Mm. Um, I'm going to go 
Rondon, because then I think you need two big uh, strikers, which is Barino misses out and Gill, which is a tough, tough one. Um, yeah, because Barino was uh, another one who was uh, a very good player. Mm. Similar as that, he was a very good player, but obviously uh, things didn't work out for the wrong reasons, really. Mm. Tell you what, though, a special I mean, team. Yeah, so I've gone, I've gone heavy midfield, haven't I, and, and up top? Heavy midfield, heavy up top, yeah. Brandy's needs filling in at left back if you get an injury. Yeah. Or Johnny Evans. <laughs> or Johnny Evans, yeah. Yeah, um, I've got Holgate, centre half or right back. Um, yeah, could even go back three there. Yeah, <laughs> there's, op- there's options. There's options. Uh, so, oh yeah, man, I, I've even missed out. Um, Anichibi. Yeah. So there you go. I said a half as well. I've even missed out. Lescott. He was very good as well. Mm. But so, Anichibi didn't get a single vote. But he was on his day. He was unplayable. Yeah, he could be a top. He could have been a top top player, but another one just wasted away. Really, just um, just didn't just didn't grasp it. Mm. But he was, uh, he was, he was, he impressed me like the way the way he was. So, so if you're a manager, who's assistant manager? Um, assistant manager who's been at the baggies. Yeah, you can have, well, you have, yeah, you have to choose. It. You can choose a manager, yeah. You just, oh. You're like young, you're only 33, aren't you? Yeah. You brought in someone just. Oh, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so I've got to pick a manager who's going to come and help me then. Yeah. Steady hand to guide you. Yeah. I would think I would have to go with. Yeah, it'd be two, man. I think I'd have to go with two. It'd either be Roy Hodgson or Steve Clark. Mm. Yeah, so... Uh, Have you remembered what happened to England against Iceland? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where I'd come into my own and, and say, no, no, I'm the manager, this is how we're doing it. <laughs> but I think I'd have to go with Steve Clark, I think. Mm. Yeah, I'd go with him just tactically. I think uh, Roy was fantastic, but he, he had his one way of doing it where Steve Clark had different ways and different ideas, and he was a bit uh, old school, if that makes sense. Do you think he gets I mean, the credit? Sorry, sorry, new school, sorry, not old school, mm. new school. Do you reckon he gets the credit he deserves in the English game, Steve? Uh, probably not. He goes a bit under the radar. What he's done, obviously, was at Chelsea... Uh, he's been to Liverpool he's worked under some good managers um, obviously what he did at Kilmarnock was a fantastic job to do and what he did with, um, at us really got us up to 8th position yeah. it's just a shame we didn't, just didn't kick on after that and I believe that was um, you know, down to certain situations really. mm. we just didn't get back Either way, I mean, I tell you what, if they don't do it on the pitch, it's going to be one hell of a night out, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that squad. Yeah, that's where all the, uh, the team spirit comes from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so I think that's, I think that's a, 
not a bad team. No, it's it decent. Right, here we go. Does this team beat the team that got voted? That's oh, a debate, isn't it, now? That's a question. That is the question. I think maybe, I think I like, I was a bit against your six defenders at first, but I think you won me over. Yeah, so you've got to have, um, you've got something, you've got to have stats to back it up and uh, anything to back it up, haven't you? I think you're like, you're tinkering 70 minutes in, aren't you? When it's nil nil, you've got absolutely loads of options. Yeah, you're around the area, the tinker man. That's it. You look at Joe's bench and so you're wondering where the goals are coming from. You look at yours and uh, I'll tell you what, there's goals galore. Um, Mozza, let's, let's... I'll say that, mate. Thank you. No, no, no problem. Um, Mozza, let's talk about your retirement a little bit because, you know, yeah. we kind of went over, like, the stats and, you know, it's it's a fairly young age to hang up the boots, 33. I mean, yeah. a lot of, you know, you don't see many players doing that. I mean, what was... What was your thought process? What kind of drove you to do that retiring from the professional yeah, game? Um, I've, had, I've had a bit of time re- now to reflect, and obviously, uh, you know, when, when you're retired, it's, it's not easy, really. I, mm. I tell anyone that you, no one ever repairs you for it. Um, so I've had a bit of time to reflect, and um, obviously, towards the end, obviously, I got to like 31 and I had like a lot of injuries, really. Mm. Um, you don't realise what that does to you and, and, and the game moves on mm. and I, I just couldn't get back to how I wanted to play and it just ate away at me that I couldn't do what I wanted to do and or what the, what I, I always one of them people who put a lot of pressure on myself to mm. you know to play well and um, you know be the best I could really but and I couldn't do it couldn't do it and it was doing my head in and I wasn't enjoying it and I always said if I wasn't enjoying it uh, there's no point in carrying on and uh, I was ready to obviously uh, carry on but I couldn't get a championship club or anything like that and mm. in the end I was just sick of uh, you know waiting about it um, and I, I won for football moves on at 100 mile an hour and if mm. you're not on it you can't get it back mm. and that's and that's my big thing really and that's uh, that's the way I see it that's a big surprise to me because, I mean, at your age, and obviously I know you went through the injury issues, but I always thought, you know, there's got to be a club in the Championship that could do with a James Morrison. But yeah, then when you yeah. said, like, there was no offers coming in, it surprised me. Yeah, yeah, it, it was strange, really, and a strange, something I had to deal with, really. I was just like, wow, well, and obviously that knocks your confidence a bit, um, mm. you know, and I... Uh, obviously got family to think about and all this and you know move it I had a chance to go to Aberdeen really and that's just mm. I just uh, and it, it probably showed me I was ready to retire really because I was um, I didn't have that drive no more really to go up to and play Aberdeen mm. um, well before that I was always like I was really driven to you know go and play and be the best and uh, the best as I can be and um, again I was just I was just stuff from the mental side of, of my injuries, really. Mm. And you, you've kind of touched on that. The Achilles one's really the big one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. when a player does their Achilles, it's not often they, they come back and they're quite the it same really, player, is it? My, mine was just a, a build-up, really, because uh, I had my hamstring injury and I was... I was... Uh, I, want, I, want, I was... I was always one of the forced not for, I was just always played to like a broke really mm. 
I had this hamstring injury like over Christmas, so I was playing and playing and playing, and I felt something towards like the, you know you play about ten games over Christmas, and like the tenth game, I was just like something's not right there. Mm. And I always remember someone saying, "Oh, you're just being soft," and I was like, "All oh, right." I played, played with it, and um, six minutes in, I just I was just walking, and my hamstring popped, um, and that was me. Mm. <laughs> Done really. Um, and uh, looking back now, I like. Um, I should have took more took more authority on my injury really. I just let someone who I, I probably trusted really like because we had a good relationship to, mm. to listen to and do that but I didn't do my uh, homework or what to do and I just said yeah do it and it, and it turned out to be the, the wrong the wrong choice really and I was never the same again one of those and then after, a- yeah and then so we get back to and then after I came back, I was playing and playing and playing. And then my Achilles started hurting, probably because my, my hamstring, because I, I took my hamstring out. Really, I, I mm. only had half my hamstring left. <laughs> so, um, so and then the hamstring, Achilles um, started hurting. I was playing and playing and playing, and I was playing with Scotland, and it just popped again. Mm. And just trying to come back too quick, and it's just again, it was just one after another trying to come back. Uh, Ranger, come back, Ranger. Again, I, and then I go back to it. The game just moves on quickly, like, mm. and before you know, it was a year out, and um, yeah, it just wasn't where I wanted to be. And uh, I'd always say that I wouldn't play the game for just the sake of playing. Really, mm. yeah. it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, it must be frustrating as a player because you see your teammates and you want to help out, especially that year when you had the Achilles problem, because you know, obviously Albion were. They were not having the best of seasons, were they? Let's, let's be frank. Yeah. I mean, it must have been so frustrating for you. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, towards the end, it was like halfway through the uh, thing, I took myself off to Qatar for a mm. month. I just went by myself and started, because uh, I kept on breaking down and I wasn't happy with the rehab, so I just took myself off mm. to Qatar, went to a centre there, and it was great, got away from it. Um, and, and just started doing my rehabs from scratch again, really. And then, uh, but I was, you know, obviously watching all the games. And, um, and then when I came back, it, I was watching the games. It was demoralising, really. Mm. Like, talk about, uh, like, the mental side of it, you know. I was pretty, pretty straw, really. Couldn't do anything and being in pain for so long, like, waking up. And I just couldn't even play with the kids and that because my Achilles was, mm. was knackered, really. That must be the most frustrating thing when it's affecting your home life as well as your, you know, your professional life. Yeah, 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 and obviously, um, yeah, that was a, that was you know uh, a big factor as well into you know retirement as well. Mm. I mean, obviously now you've moved on to, to coaching at Albion. Yeah. Is that something you saw yourself doing when you were a younger player? No, no, not at all. Um, so I, I, I'm very pleased that the the club got me in, uh, involved with it but at the start I absolutely hated it you know I was mm. like God, but I said to myself just keep going keep going see where it takes you and then all of a sudden it just clicked and I, I started to enjoy it really um, mm. it's a lot different from playing and I sort of respect every manager I've played with now because <laughs> you see what goes into it and, and what they have to do uh, it's like going back to school and, you know um, I never uh, took any notice at school or even when I was playing, I should have, you know, I'll tell players now to 
get get into something. You know, mm. I used to just go training, um, come back and just sit on the couch ready for the next day or go and play golf. You know, I wish I got into something um, like the coach. You know, write sessions down, learn off different managers. But um, you know, I had no one to tell me that. It's one of those Why things. Why did you hate it? If you don't mind me asking, initially. I just think it was new and I wasn't very good at it really I was just like it's just just like that and I think I was still like in that mould of just retiring um, not wanting to do much and just wanting to have my own time and I was going into the coaching and I was just like finding it really difficult um, and just trying to deal with uh, different people in that sort of way and then all of a sudden it just clicked and I started to enjoy it and took it in my stride. So it was like coming to terms with like a new way of life, really, because you were like, yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, like when I first retired, it was just like, wow, I'm in the normal life here. I'm not, I'm not mother the, the West Front player no more. I'm just like, I'm fitting into the normal life, really. Uh, I mean, I say that footballers go into, we're in this bubble, really, um, and we're just going along. And then when we're coming out of that bubble, it's just like. Wow, <laughs> this is the real world. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should we get on some questions from the listeners? Because we got, yeah. I mean, we got a ton of them, um, yeah. as as we'd probably expect. Um, the first one comes from Ronnie. Um, what was your favourite pre-match meal, and where did you like to go after a home win at the Hawthorns to celebrate? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so my pre-match meal, I was always, um, when I first started, I, I was like uh, like a kid, I didn't really know about nutrition, so I was just like, I'd have cocoa pops, I'd have like <laughs> some pasta, beans and toast, and but once I got into it, no, I'd have like, I'd have uh, my porridge meal, and then I'd have like omelette, I'd have spinach, just, um, and I'd have a bit of fruit, uh, banana, I'd have... Uh, a Red Bull. Uh, I was a bit superstitious. Like if I had a good game, I'd do totally the same stuff mm. uh, before. And I always used to touch every door that I went through the top of it. Oh so, right. So even like tunnels and that, like you know, if they were quite tall, you'd see me after like jump <laughs> right up to the top and, and try and, and, and tuck them there and, and touch them. Sorry. Um, yeah, and even like you went to the toilet at a certain time. Or even last out, I'd be laughed, be the last out. Mm. I'd uh, put strappings on set certain ways. <laughs> real, uh, real bad situation. Like you see, a lot of players do it. Mm. Mm. Oh, and, and answer the question: Where would I go after? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd always like a a drink. To be fair, um, I'd either go into Birmingham, really have food, or, and then. And go out to meet you or something that was back in the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. So looking back now, it was probably. I know it's hindsight, but um, no, I wish I didn't go out as much really and looked after looked after myself. Mm. Uh, GWBA. What? Which manager or player during his time gave the best halftime team talk? Ooh, best manager to uh, give the best team talk. Yeah. Uh, Oh, now you put now you put me on the spot. Um, to be fair, Pulis always had good uh, good uh, talks and stuff like that. Um, I mean, obviously, the, uh, did you see Ben Foster's um, 
quote about Pulis's runs or not? No, no, no. What was that? Go on. Okay, so we're playing it. He got it. He got the team wrong. Actually, we were playing Hull away and we played really well, like passing it around, um, coming in one 0 up at, at half time. We're passing it around, playing like Barcelona, and he just got the tactics board up. Got like a, a marker pen, throw it around the circle, and just said, "Fuck that bastard shit off." <laughs> <laughs> and we came back in and lost two one. So it was, <laughs> that was always the one that stuck in my mind. Um, you know, in half-time team talks, you know, you always, you always get mixed emotions. You always either rant or rave, or you get the the tactical one, which is, um, yeah, which always uh, stands out really. Which um, I would say. Mm. Uh, Leo Watkins asks, um, "Did you notice a change amongst the guys when when Pulis came in? Could you feel the fans on your backs due to the style of play, or did you ever disagree with his tactics?" Um, so I think everyone uh, doesn't remember like what a good job Pulis did. Really, mm. I think he gets a bit of of stick really because um, we were we were we were getting relegated when he came before he came in. Mm. No qualms about it. I mean, if you look at that squad that we had, we were miles off it, mm. um, and we were getting relegated. And he came in, and uh, so uh, and then we survived. We had some great wins under him, mm. um, you know. And sometimes we played some great football. Uh, I think once we we got to the stage where he uh, stabilised us, I think the fans just wanted a bit more entertainment. And mm. I think as players we did, um, but again, yeah, he, I think he was just doing the same stuff day and day out and playing the same way every game. But at the end, it, it just comes, uh, you know. Was, I think that's why he got he got the stick he, he did. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Kieran asks, what was your proudest moment in your Albion career? Proudest moment. Um, I always, I always loved uh, when we won the season, mm. the, our first uh, championship season. That was that was a proud moment. I think um, you know, proud moment was getting to ten years at a club. Mm. Um, something I would never thought I'd do. Not many uh, footballers manage that either, do they? No, no, no. Um, getting over three hundred games for a, um, a team was good. And I, I was captain a couple of times, which mm. I got this. Uh, I got a feeling like that where I was proud walking out of the team and walking out the front. That was a nice moment, um, and I can imagine. I can imagine that was probably Brunty's really mm. being really proud of being a, a captain. Um, that was a proud moment. Um, um, proud, proud coming back from injuries, which was just one time. Obviously, I had a. So after we got relegated the first season, under Tony Mowbray, I had a, a heel injury, which was a freak injury. Mm. I got an I got an I got an infection in my foot, um, off an injection, and it kept me out for ten and a half months because the infection ate away at my skin and Jeez. made a hole in my foot, and it couldn't. And I had like three operations on it to make it just just to heal it. Mm. So it, like the wound would heal, my wound wouldn't like heal. It always came in, um, and I was out for ten months uh, with that. So coming back from that was a good achievement as well. Yeah. Um, 
And in the Premier League as well, we finished eighth, eighth, tenth, eleventh. Yeah. So yeah, some good good moments. Uh, Chris asks, who's the big, the biggest joker in the dressing room, and have you ever been on the receiving end of any pranks? Uh, Scott Carson was up there. Um, Jay Clevermore is up there as well. Um, I don't know how far I can, I can say things. Uh, um, whatever you want, mate. No one's listening. Just tell us anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jake always used to love the, the uh, shitting in the bucket in the hotel rooms. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I can hide the bin. Um, that was that was always a good one. But we, we, we did it to someone else um, before, but we think we got the wrong room. And we... <laughs> And we've seen um, like a normal person going into the room. No. <laughs> so that was a, a quite a funny one. <laughs> oh my god! How how would you um how do you explain that? Yeah. So what the trick was? You used to just go to the reception and say, "Oh, can I have um room number three, four, two, uh, and say the name?" And we just go up and get it. But, and they used to just give you it, really. It's like, oh, they can do it. Uh, and, and then we, me and Jake were just thinking because we were trying to get the matter and we were looking and we just seen it was a, a normal guy going into the room so, so obviously Jake did a dump and, and hit it um, hit the bin so I can't imagine what the guy was thinking <laughs> like the ones that you trash the rooms and um, there's one time I, I there was a snowman outside uh, the training ground and I, I stuck it in Scott Carson's car. <laughs> a whole snowman? Oh, I've heard about it. Yeah. Put the seatbelt on and all that while he was training. and Yeah, whole, yeah, a, whole, a whole snowman. Um, it, obviously, it melted as well. <laughs> when it, it, you know, like the, the seatbelt sign as well. Yeah. That wouldn't come off. So he was driving for about six months with that bell sign. Oh no! Carson, Carson was uh, a real prankster. He was always, he was always up to stuff. Mm. Did he ever see it as an actual snowman, or did he just get to the car and it was just a puddle? Yeah, so he did see it as a, um, a snowman. Yeah, but obviously. It just melted a little bit, and the water went into the seatbelts, and it wouldn't turn off the uh, the sound of the seatbelts. So we were just <laughs> driving along for about six months with the seatbelt sign not going off. So oh. that we did it actually. I that's top quality that is. Um, did you get much stick when Garth Crooks recommended you for an England call up? Says Stephen Gray. <laughs> well, I'll tell you. It was good publicity, really. It got me a bit of uh, recognition, didn't it? <laughs> so, um, it was just a funny, funny situation, wasn't it? But on the other hand, I was, you know, happy for the uh, publicity. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which players coming through the academy did you think would go on to have the best career? Uh, and what was the fallout like within the club following the Odin Wingy QPR transfer saga? Uh, uh, younger players coming through, obviously, we... Um, 
first one was uh, oh, you know what's he went to Chelsea. Can you remember his name? Izzy, um, Bra- Izzy Brown. Yeah, Izzy Brown. Sorry, my memory's terrible. Um, yeah, he was he, he was a special player. Obviously, he was 16. And, um, and obviously, Chelsea came into him. I thought he would have a chance. And then we had like Chris Wood, who's gone on to have a, a fantastic career. Um, you know, some players have to move to, to find themselves. And probably he was one of them situations. Mm. Um, and then we've got some good players. Where, you know, Leco uh, on his day could be... Uh, a real top winger. Mm. Uh, we had Tyler Roberts, who was another one who was in that ilk. Sam Fields um, can be a, a long-serving player in West Brom's team. Um, obviously, Sido was probably the one who had the most talent who's come through. Um, uh, and then coming through that, obviously, we've got uh, Rico Richards, who's mm. going to be a big talent. And again, Nathan Ferguson, who what a what a start he has. And, you know, it's unfortunate that he's had the injury that he's had. Uh, he can be a he, he can be a, a top player for the the baggies, really. Mm. Um, and then obviously, for the Adam Winky question, um, we were just laughing, really. Uh, we, you know, when he came back in into the dressing room, we had a QPR shirt printed <laughs> out for him, um, stuff like that. Because uh, with footballers, you see players uh, come and go, really. Mm. Uh, all the time. Um, fans, know, fans always take it as a bit of a slight, don't they, when a player leaves? But it's all business, isn't it? I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think we knew what exactly went on with the club, really, and, mm. and QPR. Um, you know, and obviously he was a fantastic player, but yeah, we just got on with it. But I think it. What well, if you're not pulling? If you're not pulling your weight in training or anything that's when it comes a problem mm. and uh, you know Pete got on with his business really and, and train and train drive uh, James Duffy asks what was your best goal for West Brom it's got to be that Man United volley hasn't it yeah people people say the Man United and I, I, I get questioned all the time I can't really put a, like a my favourite ever one really I, mm. I, I score a goal is the best feeling in the world I think everyone, everyone, every goal means so much. Um, it was like the one away at Villa. Like I did this like little chop, um, yeah, and put it in. Um, the one at Blackburn, the volley was it was nice as well. Um, yeah, so them them three would stick in, in my mind. I didn't mind header as well, which was for a small person. It's always nice to get a header. Memorable, isn't it? I imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, who's the best player you've ever played alongside? Asks Nick Howells and a load of other people. Right. Um, to play as in my full career at uh, West Brom. Um, okay, my full career would probably be Mark Viduka. Yeah. Viduka yeah. was a, he, he could bang in goals, couldn't he? Yeah, but he, he was he was an all round player, like um he was unbelievable here. Um yeah, I would have to say him. Um and then if it was going to be at uh, West Brom, probably be said Johnny Evans, really. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, uh, Mike Campbell yeah. asks, "What was the biggest argument or disagreement you witnessed in the Albion changing room?" Okay, uh, <laughs> there's been a few. Uh, Reedy and Olsen when I um, one time that was entertainment. Pulis had a couple of run-ins with Johnny Evans. 
there's there's always a lot. I mean, uh, mm. Jonas had a fight with uh, with Ishmael Miller one time. That was a heavyweight battle. I tell you, I wouldn't want to get in between them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, it was funny because there was like loads of kids coming on a school trip uh, <laughs> from a foundation, like coming to watch. was going through your mind uh, when you were scoring that penalty versus Villa obviously you know in the playoff semi-final it was I mean oh, yeah yeah. It's, it's just... I can, I'll tell you now I was shitting my pants <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine it like obviously I, I knew in my head it was sort of my last game really mm. um, and I was thinking come on put it in um, and I was just trying to hit it as hard as I could really uh, into the corner and um, thankfully the uh, uh, it went in mm. um, I just wanted to score cause to put pressure on Abraham really I didn't want to obviously a couple of things I didn't want to miss on my last game for the baggies yeah. um, being there on, and, the, and let them have an easy way out I wanted them to, to score that last penalty really to uh, to win it Um yeah, so I was shitting my pants, really. <laughs> <laughs> was that the most nerve-wracking moment you've had? Like, because I can imagine there aren't much more yeah. nerve-wracking things than you know taking a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I, I was always one of like it was strange when I was uh, younger. I had no fear really. I was just mm. get out there play. But once you got older, you start to think a bit more. And, you know, that's when I started getting a bit nervous, and um, and that uh, before the game. It, it was a nervous time, but uh, on the pitch, the nerves sort of go away. But walking up to the penalties along the uh, road, mm. uh, and yeah, and I just need to put it in and and put pressure on Abraham, really. Yeah. Um, last couple, and then and then we're all done, James. Sorry for keeping you yeah. so long. Um, uh, from Paul Chapel, he asks. Uh, do players have the same conversations as fans about transfers, etc.? Um, no, not really. Not, uh, I think it, when the rumours come in, we always have an opinion, but I don't think, oh, we should sign him or... Mm. Um, because uh, basically it's it's their positions really sometimes, isn't it? If they come in, they're going to take your place and yeah. <laughs> drop you from playing. Um, but certainly... Uh, in my earliest, I was. It used to key me off a bit. Um, not bring. We didn't used to bring players in really. Mm. Uh, we always used to do it on a budget, and that sort of uh, uh, pissed me off a bit really. Mm. Mm. Um, and he says we've all heard stories about players producing it on training pitches. How much does that affect a manager's thinking, or does he pick his regulars regardless? Yeah, that's good. Tra- for me, training is where you you, you get picked, really. Mm. Um, yeah, you, I, I feel that you that's where you've got to do your work on the training pitch, and um, that's what I always used to love training. That's why I, I miss a bit now, really. 
don't really sort of miss the games or anything. I just miss training a bit and uh, with the lads and um, on a good a good session really and um, and and that sort of way. But it, going back to my like my coach's head, now I'd want my um, my training to be you know full on and players committed, and so it'll take it into the game. Mm. Um, and again, if you're not playing, that's how you the only way you're gonna get the manager's eye by doing it in training. Yeah. Yeah. That does us for all the listener questions. I mean, Joe, yeah. unless you've got any that you want to ask yourself. No, mate, I think we've covered everything so I'll let him get off. He's been with us for ages. Yeah. <laughs> James, we re- really appreciate you taking the time um, with us because I know it's a lot of time out of your day. And um, yeah. those listening won't know the technical issues you had before the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate it, mate. Um, I, hope, I mean, I'm sure you're on to. Um, you know, a really, really, really good thing at Albion now, and I'm sure you're going to be, you know, before you know it, you'll be a manager, mate. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It's too stressful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, but um, uh, yeah. So you'll have to, you'll have to see me how my team goes down. That's it. That's what we've got to do now. We'll get this podcast out, and everyone's got to reply to their whose team will go further. 2021 Euros, even though we've called it a World Cup squad, whose team's going further? Public or James Morrison's? Yeah. And, and, and I wonder if there's any, uh, wonder if there's any uh, people who think you're left leaving out. Yeah. I mean, strikers. I'll be thinking about this today. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's such a teaser, isn't it? I mean, the emails I received from people is absolutely. I mean, some people were hilarious. I mean, they went, they they sent me like some. I think some chap sent me three different squads. He sent me his initial like forty. Three or something, then whittled it down to 35, then got it to 23. The players he left out, he practically wrote like an apology to them. Um, they just sentences and sentences saying, Well, somebody was to leave him out. It's been absolutely mental. Yeah, yeah. I think, I, I think I've upset a few. <laughs> <laughs> I think Malumbu and Yaku might, but obviously we're going off ability really, aren't we? So. Harry's giving in the protection you need, isn't he? Yeah, he can't give. Uh, can't get in the Fletcher Green in and Barry really. Brunt, he can play in there. Dobbins can play in there. Thomas Livermore. I can't argue. I've, I've made the decision. <laughs> <laughs> right, James. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, for all those listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you could give us any uh, ratings, reviews, we'd really appreciate it. But for now, from myself, from Joe, from James, a fun farewell. Well.